We have to get to know everything that is about the regenerated spirit. We have to learn what is the intuition, what is communion, and what is the conscious discernment. We have to learn all these functions, which are three functions, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All are combined together, working through the regenerated spirit. Why is it regenerated? Because we all sit with a void. We start with the void. And then, boom, Christ enters in, and now it's regenerated. It can't be taken away. It, now it's either going to stay at one measure, or it's going to grow into a larger measure of him as you, you have to, that's, that's part of the job, is that you have to grow in that. Being supernaturally lit <coughs> is the title. Know what to do in every situation. The Holy Spirit knows everything. Can you grip that? Everybody in here is saved. So everybody in here has what? The Holy Spirit. It knows everything. That's a hard thing to grip. When I first came in and realized that I had a Holy Spirit, I didn't know it knows everything. So it, I always had that revelation. I got off the hook. I didn't have to figure everything out. I just had to what? Wait on and ask the Holy Spirit. So it says, too often we seek guidance every other way except the way God said it was to come to us. See, all through the word it says ways, ways, ways. So there are our ways and then there are God's ways. So he says, we seek guidance everywhere. So how many of you seek, seek guidance from your parents, right? How many seek guidance from their friends? How many seek guidance from your best friend? How many of you seek guidance from Miss Cosmopolitan magazine on something? How many times do we read People magazine or we go to the newspaper? Praise God. I am serious. We have to seek guidance right from the Holy Spirit. A long time ago, I stopped. I don't read a paper. I don't read the mag. I used to get people all the time. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't want to hear anything else to get my mind confused with my spirit. And you know, it's awesome. And this is a testimony of seeking guidance. The Wednesday, we canceled last Wednesday because of the, uh, the snow. But the Wednesday before that, Todd comes in and he says to me, Wednesday discipleship is going to be canceled. And I was like, it's going to be canceled. Now this is the Wednesday before the Wednesday we canceled. I said, okay. Well, I kept thinking all day, ooh, what's going to happen that it'll cancel? You know, I was starting to think in my what? Flesh. Well, then as days went on, we didn't cancel it that Wednesday. It hit me. It's going to be canceled on Friday because the Lord already showed it by spirit to Todd, not because Todd heard the weather report. He already knew that that Wednesday was going to be canceled. So the moment we started hearing about the weather report, Gene and I also remembered what Todd said to us. Wednesday discipleship was going to be canceled. He didn't know which Wednesday, but as we drew close, we knew, go ahead and just put out the notice. It's going to be canceled because we were being led by the Spirit. It didn't make a difference about the weather report. It was already came to Todd in spirit. So what do we do? We, we, we judged it. We deemed it of the Lord, and we followed through with it. That's the beauty of a prophetic office. Every ministry has to have a prophetic office in it being matured or having it connected with one because they help lead the body to what God is wanting. Not We all prophetically can lead ourselves because we all are gifted with the prophetic. But a prophetic office is an office that directs the body. So we know if we hear it from Todd and, we, and we're going to stick with it, 
We've got to yield to what he's told us, not to what our flesh might think. So we judge. How do we judge things on a day-to-day basis? We judge things by our physical senses. We judge things by how we look and observe them. Okay? And we also judge things from a mental point of view. Now I'm going to giggle on this because, you know what, a long time ago, somebody say, hey, Lee, did you get this done? I did mentally. (laughs) Mentally, I have already graduated school, got straight A's, did this. Because in my mental mind, I already pictured my end before the beginning. So we, this is how we try to work in our physical nature. We try to judge things with our physical senses, taste, hearing, our eyes, our touch. We try to make our decisions based on those things like the weather. Ooh, it's cold outside. You know, we, we, we touch on those things. How things look to us. Todd said on Tuesday... Hey, I think we should cancel Tuesday night discipling because of the weather. Okay? Todd was only making that judgment because of his senses. He was making it because how things looked. And then he was doing it on the mental standpoint of what was going on around. So Gene and I had to make the choice. Do we cancel Tuesday night too? Everybody's letting off work early. But we sensed that Todd was just getting excited to have Tuesday off and it was of his flesh so Gene and I went after he, he took Todd as a second witness. But you know how many people text and said, I'm coming, I'm coming? Do you know we had a lot of people that night? So you know what? We were supposed to have class. But we had to judge or not if what was coming was of God or from the senses. So think about this. We all try to judge in those three ways. Our physical senses, how things look around us, and our mental standing point. You know, mental standing point. If somebody says, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick. Mentally, you're going to start what? Feeling sick. So there is mental standing points that we take when we what? Hear information. And you know, hearing was God's gift. He wanted us to hear to have faith. He didn't want us to hear to not have faith in what is good. So meanwhile, our spirit is kept locked away in prison and not permitted to function. So these three functions, we either are going to use them or we're going to allow them to stay in captivity. Now, there's a lady who's been coming to this ministry. Her name is Kim McCarthy. She comes to discipleship. She does not come on the regular sessions on Saturday night because she's unable to. But she's an awesome lady that comes to the train terrain and comes to the several things. Well, she heard something say to her in her spirit that she was to fast. She doesn't even attend the glory nights. So she actually starts to fast not knowing why, but she knows she needs to do it. Well, the moment she surrendered to the instruction of the Spirit, she fasted for, day, for four days, and she said she wasn't hungry, she wasn't thirsty. It was awesome. <coughs> At the end of the fast, she prayed through the fast, and this is what was so beautiful. At the end of the four days, she actually started to feel her spirit rise in her chest for the first time. And she's been coming to this ministry now about a year and a half. And she's been working because, you know, we have to pursue God. We have to pursue and seek him so we can, he can grow in us. Well, she's like, I feel it all the time now. And I think that's awesome. I remember the first time I felt the Holy Spirit, it came upon me. And I, I would like talk and ask a lot of questions. And then the next day I couldn't even get it. I couldn't feel it. How many people go through that? You can't feel it, okay? And then all of a sudden I hit a point 
where I was feeling it the moment I said the name of Jesus. I could be at my desk, Holy Spirit, and then now I use it in my business because the Holy Spirit already knows what the price of the house is going to be. The Holy Spirit already knows. So if you wait on him and be still, that's how you start maturing your spirit. You have to mature it. Or if you don't do anything to mature it, if you're not worshiping, you're not meditating, you're not in prayer, do you know your spirit stays locked up? So that means you're born again in spirit and you're not even using it. It stays locked up. You don't feel it. You don't sense it. You're like, is this really real? (laughs) You are not even sure if it's real. But we have to tap into it every day. That's what the Lord, these visions are to help people visualize, ooh, this is what that little spirit looks like inside of me. So the three functions are in place, set by God in a specific order, which causes the spirit to cooperate and operate with God. So when you feel that spirit in you, its purpose is to cooperate and operate with God. But what gets in the way? Our thinking, our thinking, our flesh thinking. So intuition is when God speaks to you. He's speaking to you. And I love it. We were talking about today before. Chris is like, how do I know God is speaking to me? How do I know? Well, that's what this part of this lesson is going to teach out. How do you know? So our Heavenly Father said Proverbs 20, 27, and that's not on the screen, right? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And think about that. So our spirit's like a little what? Flickering candle. You know, if we don't what? Keep fueling it. it we fuel it. It'll always burn. If we don't fuel it, we captivate it. We smother it. And then we usually feel wiggly. We don't feel full. We don't feel happy. We're not full of joy. We're feeling frustrated because there will be the frustration between the soul and the spirit. That means he, the Lord, will enlighten and guide us through our spirit and through these three functions. So if we, our spirit has a voice. I think that's the next frame, Gene. I mean, Todd. (laughs) Our spirit has a voice, which we call an intuition or an inward witness. So that means everybody experiences whether you're lost or found. Deep down, even if you don't have Christ in you, you sense, I don't think I should do that. Even before you had Christ. But then when you have Christ, now it's stronger. You can be walking into sin and you know you start feeling what? The conviction. That is the inner, inner witness where the intuition and God speaks to you. It is a voice. You may not always hear it in word, but you'll hear it in other ways. And we're going to go into that. If we could train and develop our spirits through feeding off of the word, this voice would become clearer. The more we get the word, it says, if you abide in me and the word abides in you, in your soul, then you shall ask. Because why? You'll hear the voice of the Lord. So we have to get this word in us to advance us in hearing his voice, to develop our spirit through the feeding off of the word. We've got to be fed off this word every day. Hebrews 5.14. Everybody turn to Hebrews 5.14. And I know you don't have this, right, Todd? Right, okay. Hebrews 5.14 says, 
But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. So what this is saying is, is even in our own physical growth, when you grow up, what do you need to be do? You need to be fed what? Solid food. A baby starts off with milk, and then it turns into solid food. But it says here that a fully grown man, those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by the practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble. Do you know the word helps us to distinguish between what is morally good and what's morally right? We start feeling, if we're growing, if that little man's spirit's growing, we start knowing, uh, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to say this. Now we mess up and do things and say things, but we immediately feel that conviction within. So we would know the inside with a yes or a no. We just want to do in every area of our life. That means there's a verse, and it's in Matthew 5:37, and it says, I love this verse. I remember when it came real to me. Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So when you can't make a decision whether to go to a class on Saturday because you're thinking all these other things and you can't make a yes, yes, or a no, no, what is the inner witness trying to tell you to do? Don't do anything. You're not supposed to, because if you do, you're going to make a choice out of confusion because you could not distinguish between the right thing to do. So it takes time to grow that spirit to know, but it's yes, let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You know, I remember when Rachel first, this, I remember when this word became spirit to her. It became real. It became one between her soul and her spirit. She was dating a boy. The boy broke up with her. And when the boy broke up with her, he said, but I still would like to hang out with you leading her on. This was Howard. Leading her on, leading her on. Well, she was devastated when he broke up with her. And then when he, she would, he would say, hey, I still want to hang out with you. Well, she debated it. And she went back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Jean said, I'm going to go pick Rachel up for lunch. Well, she didn't know it. He went and picked her up at school and took her to lunch for the day. And he said, these are verses God told me to give you. And the first one was, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Anything of that is the evil one. While she was debating if she was supposed to be dating this young man, if she was debating it, where was it coming? From the evil one. Boy, you should have seen Rachel's eyes when she got it. She had to make her either I, and she said to him, so she calls him up. My, I'm either making my yes, yes, or my no, no. Are we going out or aren't we? And he said, no, we're not going out. Then, okay, I can't hang out with you. Bye. She never talked to the boy again. <laughs> But it was so awesome when she learned that is power in the word of the spirit. The more the spirit grows, we gain an inner confidence that's not us, it's Christ. And in that, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Because you know what? It's black and white. We live in a world that has a lot of gray. And you know, there is a gray space of things. But let me tell you, you're going to make a yes, yes, or no, no. Because if you're fluctuating in between, then it is of the evil one. It's Satan's way, this rule, this verse, 
the, this revelation of this word makes everything put very in perspective because you know it's the intuition. It's one of the promises God put in place to help you make a choice, help you make a decision. And, you know, it's a beautiful verse. I remember when I came on with it, now I use it in a lot of things, even in a negotiating of a real estate deal. If it's, oh, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do this. No, it's either going to be this way or it's going to be this way. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. And, you know, when I meet with people and they're not sure if they're supposed to sell their house or, or buy this house, man, don't write a contract. If it, because if it is that confusing, guess what? That's how confusing the negotiations are going to be. And think about this. This goes with all of our communication with everybody we encounter. Everybody we encounter. Either our yes is yes or no is no. People come in to rent a house, they fill out an application. And what do I have to do? Decide yes, yes, no, no. Are they, am I going to take them in on a rental or not? Well, we need to apply that to all our spiritual movements as well. So whatever is more than these will come out of your head and not your heart. The moment you start yielding and can't figure out a yes or a no, who's speaking? Your head. You know, I was talking to Kim after discipleship, and Kim saying, Lee, I just hear so many voices. I'm feeling the spirit, but I'm hearing all these voices. And she goes, I don't know if it's Satan. I don't know if it's God, or I don't know if it's me. Well, now let's clear the field here. We are all vessels of God. We can't think anything unless it's put in from God or it's put in from Satan, darkness. So they're the only things we think. We have a mind to receive and then output. But so you have to think. Now you start dividing it up. Okay, if this voice is speaking to me and it's speaking to me and I'm feeling fearful, who would be speaking to you then? Satan, because we're not called to fear. You know, we're called to have what? Have a sound mind, love, the power of the kingdom of God. And that would be edifying. But if you hear a voice that's positive, influencing you, okay, most of the time, and it's giving you faith to move on to something you didn't think you're supposed to, well, then that voice is of God. As long as we yield it to the Holy Spirit, we have to yield it to the Holy Spirit. So whatever is more than a yes or no, it's coming from your head. But if you can say a yes, say a no, <laughs> then that's, that's what you do. The ministry of Satan is working to make you reason. The ministry of Satan is working to make you doubt. The ministry of Satan is indecision, confusion, and worry. So when you have those things, he, you just need to stand still and not do anything. Your spirit is not confused. That spirit, because God is speaking to it, is not confused. How your mind makes the decision is where the confusion comes in. It says in the word that God is not the author of confusion, <coughs> but of peace. Love, peace, and a sound mind. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Go ahead to the next one. James 3.16 says, For wherever envy, self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, isn't that, that's kind of, now, this is, I love this. We are supposed to judge our life with the word of God. So if we're in a situation right now and we are self-seeking, that means we're seeking something for ourselves. 
Okay. Put that in perspective. Where there is envy, what is envy? Envy is when you want something else that somebody else has. It's when you look upon something else and say, I'm depressed because I don't have that. Do you know envy turns into anger? Envy turns into jealousy because each and every person in here, our spirit knows how to take us to the plan of God. Our spirit, everybody in here is successful. Everybody in here is beautiful. Everybody in here has this awesome plan of God, but they've got to seek God for it, not self-seek it yourself. You know, I loved it when Rachel says, I always use her as an example, I'm not going to college. Whoa, okay, in my family, people have master's degrees, doctor's degrees. You know, I could actually make her press her to go to college, but for some reason, she knows she's not supposed to right now. So what? I need to get her to what? Keep seeking God, not seeking what the world needs in a resume. I'm not saying if God tells you to go to college, God tells you not to go to college. God tells you whatever step you make if you lead with the Holy Spirit. And so, but anytime that there is self-seeking, trying to figure it out yourself, you just invited doubt, you invited reasoning, you invited confusion, and every evil thing are there. That means in your midst, here you have this beautiful whole spirit, but all around you in your midst is what? Darkness. Darkness, trying to get you to do what it wants you to do, and it'll come off looking good. Confusion, you know, sometimes people are so used to confusion, they don't know how to be without confusion. You know, as the Lord has reared and growed me through this process, there are times where I have to be isolated and by myself for extended periods of time. And you know what? And that doesn't mean playing, watching TV. That means time of isolation, time of focusing into him. And then it's amazing how you surrender. You know, when she fasted, Kim fasted, she was isolating and giving her body as a living sacrifice to who? God, by not eating any food. And here she received a measure of the spirit. And she's not going to lose that now. So praise God. We are, and those type of things, fasting, they clear the enemy out. Isolation, separating ourselves. He calls us into sanctification. All it's doing is causing the enemy to what? Flee. Because the enemy is impatient. He wants you not to hear that voice of God. He wants to add confusion into it. So it's awesome. I said, I love this. God is not the author of confusion. <laughs> so it's in the word. You're not to feel confused. If we are self-seeking, we are shutting out the voice of God. And we are inviting in the voice of darkness. So we do it. Isn't <laughs> that terrible? I mean, we, we've all done it. Where we start thinking, how is this going to benefit me? How is it, what's this going to take with me? What, how much is this paycheck going to be? How much, you know, you know the things of life that start to get you. So you start thinking along that line. And then that's Satan's way of getting you off what God had right there for you. But he looks for us to be patient. Super, supernaturally led is knowing what to do in every situation by this inward witness. To define the inner witness in simple terms, here's the definition. If you are contemplating what to do in a situation and there is a check in your spirit, a little check in your spirit, something on the inside that tells you not to do a certain thing, that is the inner witness. How many people have stepped into something 
and knew I'm, I'm not supposed to do this, but then they go ahead and do it anyway. You know, um, Rachel Breon loved that child. She, I know, I have to, because it's awesome watching her grow. She gets invited to go to a party that's online, and she says, Mommy, I want to go to this party. Good, why? Because it's a fundraiser. Very good. We have to bring five canned items, and that's our entrance into the party. And it all goes to feeding, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, something in my spirit did check, and I didn't think she was supposed to go. But I didn't really focus on it. I let her go. Something in her spirit checked on the drive and didn't think she should go. Well, they get there. She takes her five cans, and she turns to her boyfriend, Christopher, at the time and says, I don't think we're supposed to be here. And it was a dark place, and her check was now checking, checking, checking. Her inward check was booming. And she actually asked him, I think we should leave. And he says, I can't. I made a promise to stay here and collect cans at the door. So we have to stay. Well, guess what happened? It was a drinking party, and the cans weren't canned food like Rachel, <laughs> you know? And the thing is, the police came. You know, Rachel, there's only two kids that didn't get arrested, and Rachel was one of them. But God's hand protected her. But she knew the whole time, she said, Mom, I felt it just, it would not stop. That's how you know when you're walking into something and God's told you not to do it. You don't feel settled. You feel that inward check. And the purpose, why did God establish intuition within us? So we wouldn't walk into what we're to do. Do you know every time before we go out with people, before we go into a job, or before we go into any situation, we're supposed to tap into the what? Holy Spirit. We are to ask him, should I get into my car? Do you know the two ladies that visited us last week, Aggie and Kathy, you guys remember them? They were supposed to leave to go home, and they had to go through Atlanta. Something told them, don't leave, don't leave. And the one was going to miss her plane flight in Atlanta, don't leave. If she would have left, you know what had happened to them? They would have got stuck on the road. So she was following her spirit. It was an inward witness. So there are times when we go through life, when we have to go through the red light or we have to go through the green light, okay? And there are times that we have to know when that inward spirit is telling us yes or no. But if we never ask, we're, walk we're, we're walking into something like this and we don't know where we're going. And so we don't know what God has for us because we didn't ask him. So I love this. He set this in us. Do you know he set every human being to seek eternity? Everybody wants to succeed, right? Everybody wants to fill the fullness of eternity. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, he made it where all human nature, all human beings want to seek eternity. So do you know our spirit, whether it's void, it still is seeking eternity. But it's either going to seek it self-seeking or it's going to seek it by seeking him. And those are the difference. So intuition, when God speaks, is the first witness because he receives firsthand information. God knows everything before anything. God is the one that gets firsthand information from heaven. He will also give witness to what is truth. All right. So when you come into ministry, now here's the opposite. We know that there's the witness, 
of what not to do. But how many people know when they step into something and they just experience the truth? Okay? Like, you know it's the truth. You can't miss the truth. And you're like, I just realized the truth. Nice, simple example. I was dating a man for many years. He ended up was with somebody else. And when I found out, I would have never believed it unless the truth hit me in the face. And when it hit me in the face, I remembered this cylinder coming right down on me. And I knew this was not the relationship I was to be in because the truth came right to me. How many people face the truth and it just overtakes you? It's almost like a zone when you feel that truth. It's like, it's like when you lie to your parents when you're little and then they find out the truth and you're facing them and you know the truth and they know the truth and you feel the burning. That is the best way to say it because we all, everybody has lied. Everybody, that is the best example because even when you're trying to convince yourself of a lie, the truth has to come. And then we have to what? Oh my God, come into, come into identity of the truth. So the witness is not just for correction. It's also for when you hear the truth, you see the truth, and you sense the truth, boom, it connects. When people walk into this ministry, we see it all the time. Even new people see it all the time. When people connect with the truth, boom, you know the truth lives here. So it's awesome. Even in a green light, I love this, there is time of wait. How many times <coughs> have you been at a green light and then you're supposed to go, but you're the 10th car behind, right? And so you're like, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I want to get on the, the turn line, you know? But even when God puts a green light on you, when you know something's right, sometimes you have to wait until it's your time to activate the time to press it out, the time to release. And so that's an example of even when the green light, you might have to wait. Sometimes when you have a green light and you're in your car and you are 10 cars behind the first car, then you have to wait a little while so what ahead of you or what's in front of you moves on. Then you are able to go. Okay, <coughs> I'm in line on the 10th line. But Lee has all this junk in her life, right, in front of her. And they, the cars are representing all the things that are not the truth. Do you know I can't get released to go until, I, until the cars start what? Moving out. Moving out. The first thing people, when they come in here, their life changes because God starts what? Moving out. So, hey, the green light's on go. This man's going to be evangelist. It's already been prophesied. He's already going to be um, commissioned in 2015, or he stated, okay, but now guess what God's got to do now? He can't go yet. The go is on, but now he's got to, boom, remove this car. Boom, remove this car. And every time, every, right, every time he worships, every time he prays, every time he um, meditates on the word, cars have to be removed. Cars have to move out of the way. So when it's his time to go, he just goes. So when people walk in this ministry, I love it. That means their green light's on. Your red light's not on. Your green light's on. But now are you ready to be released? That's a difference. So sometimes God has to move things around you before you go. And that sometimes you are the first car. And then sometimes when that light turns green, you have to wait. You're the 10th car. 
So you have to put in your time. Do you know every good leader has to serve another leader? Every, every evangelist has to serve another evangelist. Every teacher has to serve another teacher. Every apostle has to serve another apostle. God puts you in a place to serve as you learn. And then you move into inheritance. So he puts you in that place to, pro to be processed. Your natural eye sees a green light, right? Your natural eye sees a green light. And the natural man is naturally led by what he sees. So when we see green, what do we start doing? Pressing the pedal. We start going because our natural eye, boom, I see it, I connect, I go. But sometimes knowing the green light is knowing that it's the first witness. That's how the Holy Spirit works. The green light is that witness. Now I've got to walk it out in faith. When it's not about you pressing the pedal. It's about you coming into agreement with the go. When we come into agreement with God's go, that does it. if we're in agreement with him, then he causes it all to happen. So the suitable natural man is led by what he doesn't see in the natural, but what he sees with his spiritual eye. Okay, the only way I can give this example is as my spiritual eye has grown, I can see things in the spirit. And it doesn't happen to me every day, but I can see casts off people. I saw a cast off Sharice yesterday, and the cast just grew, 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 grew. I knew God brought her in. But then there's times I'll meet with people, and you don't see a cast at all. In fact, sometimes I see darkness hovering right over them. That doesn't mean that person's bad. I just have, the Lord gave me that discernment to know when to move and when not to move. He sometimes will show you things, and he uses us each spiritually differently. How We all have our spiritual senses, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, spiritual, how we touch. We have things that we know that are spiritual senses. So think about that. All our natural senses have spiritual senses. You can taste an atmosphere. You know the fragrance of God. You can smell it. Now that becomes, we mature in those things. You can walk in and know when you're walking into someone's house as you mature and your spiritual nose can sense God. But then you know when you go into place. How many people go into a place and they knew it wasn't right? And I'll give you an example, another example of this. Jean and I had to go to um, a dealership to redo a dealership's, um, their uh, sales room. So we're doing the sales, what was on Halloween. And we were looking and measuring and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, I felt something come. My spiritual senses were on. I felt darkness. I felt it press against me. And I go, what is that? And I turn around, and there's the whole staff all coming in in their Halloween costumes. The more one person came in, the balance of that room started to shift. And I didn't start to feel, I actually started to feel nauseous because when you're in so much worship and prayer and everything, you know when you're in a room and there's no light <laughs> except for you. You can, that's part of your spiritual senses. So I turned around, but I love those people. It's not about the people, but we measured and I got in the car. I was like, oh, I was like this. Gene's like, are you okay? And he's like, you're just feeling the spiritual environment. You know, this is years ago, but we start growing in that. But the purpose of knowing that is so it, we can discern the things that are going on around us. So we have spiritual senses that have to be advanced. Psalms 32, 8. 
I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now look at this. This kind of has like an eyeball look to it, doesn't it? Okay. The spiritual eye is where God, the intuition where God speaks. He gives us a promise in Psalms 32.8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So we're not to rely on our eyes. We're to rely on the eye of God. And you know, he will teach you. It, there are many verses that support that he will be the one to teach you. So even when you're in this type of ministry today, don't take everything for what I say. Write it down, learn it, go home and say, Holy Spirit, you said that you will instruct me. You will and teach me in the way I should go. I will guide you with my eye. Well, now I'm asking. Guide me to this truth. God, show me. You know, Jean gave these visions out to all these ministers and pastors for the purpose of making sure that there it wasn't a flaw in them. Even Dr. Lee, he has three theology degrees or something like that. He has looked at these, and he even said, I didn't learn any of this in theology school. But he goes, but these are right. He's looked at the verses. He's matched them up. So the spiritual eye will never cause you to sin. That's the purpose of having the Holy Spirit. It will never cause you to sin. If you sin, it's because you choose to or your ignorance leads you into it. So we don't want to miss the mark. What does sin mean? What does sin mean? Sin means to miss the mark. Man, I'd hear the word sin and automatically think I was a terrible person. Oh, I'm so unclean. Oh, I'm not purified. Everybody thinks this. But sin doesn't mean you're bad. Sin means you miss the mark. And that's why Jesus Christ came. To show you his way. So you can what? Do it again. You'll get the same opportunity again. You're going to either choose to sin and miss the mark. Or you're going to choose to do the right thing. So don't beat yourself up. We are in the school of the Holy Spirit. Learning how to be taught. Learning how, the way in which we should go. My way is not Michaela's way. God's going to instruct me something different every day than she's going to instruct Michaela. And you know, the blessed part is, but our lives were to meet. Our lives were to come into alignment together. Okay? Marvin and Spring, we to everybody in here, our lives were coming to an alignment. And you know when you're in alignment with somebody. I knew the first time I met Todd, he sat down here, this... This glow was coming off of him, and my whole teaching shifted, and it was all about Todd. And you know what? It was crazy. Todd will know it. He knew, he knew it. The connection happened, and I knew our lives aligned for this ministry. So Weida knows the first time she met Jean. It was off a job. Jean redoing something in the firm. She manages a very the largest law firm in, you know, Savannah, and that has the Brunswick office. I know this woman is like amazing with what she has to deal with. I mean, she walks in flesh every day. I mean, you don't walk in flesh. You walk into flesh, into flesh every day, and her spirit has to change the atmosphere. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want her job. That's a very tough job because I would have to get a little bit more bossy on it, you know. But she has this sweet, soothing, spiritual way, and she gets people to yield into that. But that's how she met Jean, and she knew the day she met Jean, the alignment came into place. So we are spiritually connected with people. God guides us into it, and we're like, whoa, 
Am I supposed to be here? How many people felt that? Am I supposed to be here? That's exactly how I spent when I'm how I felt when I met Gene. Okay, this man asked me to go to lunch, and he spoke for three or four hours, and I have no idea what we talked to at the end. But I was thinking we didn't talk any business, and that's what I thought I was meeting him for. But that's how God does it. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. I knew when my life aligned with Pages. When I was going through something and when I hugged her, our spirits melted in that hug. And I knew I was going to know Paige for a very long time. So it's awesome. So we... (laughs) 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 Carrie, when he sat down at my desk, it was very cute. Huh? He was crying, and I remember the spirit rose in me, and it said an instruction to him, and you should have seen his eyes, but it wasn't me speaking. It really was. Do you know as the spirit grows into you, the spirit speaks through your mouth? You don't speak anymore. When you say something, the spirit presses it out, and there's life behind it. But when our flesh is self-seeking, envious, jealous, confused, we start speaking babble whatever, and what spirit's behind that? darkness, death. Okay. So we are to, we are to be guided. And I love this Acts 27, nine through 10. Now I'm going to give you an example. Acts 27, nine through 10. Here's a great story of an example of this. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Does it go on? Okay. Paul didn't say to the Lord, he didn't say the Lord told me. It was not God's voice. It was a leading. He said, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Paul, as he was going on this ship, he perceived that these things happened. How many people in here, the Lord has already showed them something before it happened? You perceived it, right? And then that's the Lord letting you know that. And doesn't mean it's always positive. In this case, did Paul notice something positive? No. But perception, do you know, have you ever heard the saying, perception is reality? I was in an argument with my sister, and I was like, I, I, I was right, she was wrong. That's just how it was. I was 21 years old. I'm sitting with my older brother, who's 12 years older than me, Leroy, and he says, Lee, don't you get it? And I said, don't I get what? I, you know, and he said, your perception is your reality. Her perception is her reality. Suck it up. That's how she sees it. It's how you see it. And I remember light bulbs going off. We all think differently because I thought everybody thinks the same. And if somebody's all angry, that's on them. But I thought that there was this level of knowledge that everybody just got. But we don't because we all perceive differently in the world. And I remembered that just exploding in me. Perception is reality. So if we're being led by the Holy Spirit and being led supernaturally, we're perceiving the truth that God has. But if we're being, if we are perceiving things in the natural, we're being led off into the wrong direction. So our perceptions have to be spiritual perceptions, 
not physical sense perceptions. Even Paul said, I perceive, who is the real I? It is the spirit man, the one who is the one that says, I am. Okay? So when he was saying, I perceive, Paul did not, oh, very good. Paul did not perceive it mentally or physically. Go to the next frame. There isn't a next frame? Okay. I'm getting used to this thing. So, right. He did not, I, it's not on the thing. I, I got it. Paul did not perceive it mentally or physically, but in his spirit, he had a witness, an urge, a perceiving, a leading. If they had listened to him, they would not have ended up shipwrecked and crashing and throwing off all the cargo. He already told him something before it happened. Todd said, cancel class on Wednesday. If I didn't cancel class, okay, on Wednesday and still pressed on having it, somebody would have gotten their car and driven here because they would want to have pleased, come to this class, and what could have happened? They could have gotten an accident. So here, because Todd called it and we acted on it, we perceived something that was supernaturally leading us, and it helped somebody probably not get injured. Does everybody understand this? It's awesome. How many times do you think, I met Dean Sykes came, and he told us a story about how he made these arrangements to fly to England and to teach all these classes for a week in England. Before, two days before, the Spirit told him, don't go. He's like, how can I not go? He's talking to God. How can I not go? All the classes are set up, the plane ticket, all these things. Sometimes we feel forced to go to something because of circumstance. But he, it would not leave him alone. Do not get on that plane. Do not get on that plane. Do not get on the plane. Well, I don't know what occurred from that, but he did not get on the plane. But he knows God protected him from something. So it's interesting. I had a lady tell me. Actually, this is Jamie Massey. She was showing me. Um, Jamie Massey's a lady who runs Dorchester. And she was telling me that she had a friend who we were talking about spiritual things and being spiritually led. And she said she had a friend that woke up sweating one morning. And she had a vision of her riding a horse, and she fell off the horse, and she broke her neck. All right. So then a couple weeks go by. She's scheduled to ride a horse. Something that morning told her, don't get on that horse. But she didn't want to let the people down, so what did she do? She got on the horse, and guess what happened? She fell off and broke her neck. Now, she ended up fine, but she saw it before it happened. You know, that's how much God loves us, that he set this principle of the Holy Spirit in us to protect us, to lead us in the way we should go, to bring us into our prosperity, to bring us into our source of supply, to get the answers right from God, and then angels protect us. But if we say, no, I'm not going to listen to you, and we walk into that disobedient realm, what happens? The angels have to go like this. They have to put their arms up. They can't protect you because you chose to step out of that realm which means that you're not listening to something that's in the word. I don't care if anybody in here doesn't know the word, but if you say this to each other, Chris, you're my friend. I love you very much. This is going to decide everything for us. So even if I get mad at you, get mad at me. This is going to be the truth. So if we are in conflict, what's the first thing we should go to? This Bible. And we should seek who? God through the Holy Spirit. And we then come into agreement in this and not what Chris wants or not what I want. That's how we are led by the Spirit. With every relationship, 
if every person can grow in this and say, this is my guide to the Holy Spirit. Because remember what we said in the other verse? The word has to be in us for us to distinguish between what is natural and what is supernatural. So you've got to get this in you. Isn't this beautiful? God already set us to be successful. He set us up to be successful and to get the tools that we need to know. You know, I loved it. I, I, I love that because many times we ignore this inward witness. We seek this sensational. We seek, sometimes when we seek our senses and the sensual and, the, and those elements, we miss the supernatural because the supernatural actually has a feeling greater than the sensual. I mean, we all know that. We've all seek in that short-term sense, even if it's eating a big hamburger, even if you knew you couldn't, you weren't supposed to eat it. How many people have eaten something they knew they shouldn't and they didn't feel good later? Right. We do that. We took the this, this sensual taste of the food instead of if we listened, if we said, Lord, should I eat this? Okay. And if you hear no, then you better not eat it because then God has something else greater that's supernatural for you. And, you know, that's how we have to start moving. We have to submit even our clothes. You know what I did? I would wake up, I'd look in the closet, and I'd say, okay, what shirt should I wear? Do you know what the Lord showed me when I first came here and started working over here? Every time I asked the Lord, what, what shirt should I wear? And he showed me, you know, I'd walk in and guess who else was wearing the same color shirt? Jean. It got so bad, everybody commented. Every day we'd wear the same color shirt. And it's not because I knew. It's just the color the Lord showed me. It got so funny that now I'd say, Lord, what color shirt should I wear? I'd pick another one just to get off the thing because that's how it got that crazy. That's how much in spirit we were connected because I yielded to the spirit. There's only one spirit. So if Marvin and I are seeking an answer on something, we're going to get the same answer if we're seeking the same God. And that's just how it is. And the more the Lord shows me how that inward witness works and that you're seeing the same thing, man, that's awesome. So you start with baby things. Start asking, Lord, what do I wear? Should I go out with these friends or not? Should I do this? Start asking him. He'll give you the answer. He may not give it right when you ask, but he's going to give it to you in due time. And he's going to give it to you when it's never late and it's always on time. Not our time, his time. But he gives you the answer. So many times we ignore this inward witness. We seek that sensual and we miss out on the supernatural. That was right there all the time. You know, I love this. Um, I, it, we don't realize what's in front of us. We just, we just don't. I laugh at this because sometimes we're so orchestrated in organizing things ourselves, almost being like Mary and Martha. Martha kept herself so busy with trying to do the things for Jesus when he came to their house that she got mad at Mary because Mary sat at Jesus' feet. And she got so into that, it almost became deception because she went to Jesus. Now you tell Mary to do this. We're supposed to be doing this and that. And Jesus said to Mary, Jesus said to Martha, Mary, Mary, relax. She's taking what's here right now, which was she was seeking the spirit. She wasn't seeking the physical things that had to be done. Do you guys know that story about Mary and Martha? I think I read it on Saturday night. And it's an awesome story because... Mary was being led to get the truth. Martha was being led to take care of the physical things. What time is it right now? 7.40, okay. 
I'm just going to finish up a few things, but then we're going to continue next week with communion and the conscience because it's going to take two lessons to teach this. So these functions are for God. He made them to communicate, reconcile us, restore us to a relationship with him. Do you know, God did not give us the Holy Spirit to tell us to how to get rich. He did not give us the Holy Spirit to satisfy ourselves. He gave us the Holy Spirit to communicate with him. And in that, we have safety. In that communication, he draws a line and says, you're safe. He says, I'm going to reconcile you. I'm going to restore you back to a relationship with me first. Then I'm going to hand you to the people. Everybody in here, we haven't been completely handed out to the people yet. Because he's going to restore what's in us first. And then in that, I've watched Todd lose all his friends. Todd's lost his friends, moving out his friends. See you guys later. Because God had to switch those things around in his life. Okay? And he didn't want to let go of those friends. But it wasn't, he didn't have to let go of them. God removed them. Because God, because Todd now was becoming in relationship with him. And so in relationship, you trust that relationship, and he then starts to reconcile things. And then he brings you new friends. He brings you new movements. And he keeps, and the ones that are still with you, then they were meant to be there. Isn't that awesome, right? And, you know, sometimes it's hard because we want to please our friends, but we can't please them. We have to be able to know what God is showing us to do. And in that, he blesses you when you do what you don't want to do. How many people have experienced a blessing doing something you didn't want to do, but God wanted you to do it, so you did it, and you, ex you experienced a blessing? So the intuition is the first witness of truth. It is where the Holy Spirit receives and reveals God's will to you. How will I know I am receiving? How will I know I am receiving? What you receive is exempt from a rational process. Okay, I have to laugh at that because I'm very good at not reasoning. You know, in fact, one time uh, the Lord asked me to do something. I did it was so far out. And Gene was really shocked that I did it. And I said, well, I know it was God. And Gene, kept, Gene told me he asked God, wow, how did she do that? And he goes, she doesn't reason with me. It's easy. I naturally don't, I don't reason. I know that Carrie's experienced that with me. I don't have to reason something of the world. But sometimes some of us do. You've all taken the GEMS test. You know, a sapphire can flow without reasoning on anything. But an emerald has to do what? Reason everything. And I have to give you that test so you know what you are. But a ruby is a person that, that has to reason. But a pearl doesn't reason anything. So reasoning, a rational process, is sometimes very hard for somebody who's in administration. A rational process is somebody who's in a technical field. All right? So... But how do you know I am receiving that what you receive is exempt from that rational process? It will be independent of any reasoning. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but you know you got to do it. You know, everybody, when they come to give their heart to Christ, they don't understand what's happening when they're doing it. They're just confused and no, they don't want this confusion anymore. So they actually get, I just want God. I just want Jesus. I'm going to come up and be prayed for. Come on. How many, when you come up for prayer, I, am I, I remember the first time I sat back there and my spirit was going, my spirit was going. I'm like, I was talking to Gene's dad and he was talking to me and his mouth was moving and I couldn't hear him. 
And I said, I got to interrupt you. I think I'm supposed to go up there. Do you know what I mean? And I remember when I came up, my whole body was shaking because what the enemy feared what I would experience up here. But once I experienced what was up here, I didn't want to go back to the other way. I wanted to experience what was up here, and I wasn't scared anymore. Satan gets us to fear coming close to things. So it will be independent of any reasoning. Reasoning comes after receiving. Now when we receive and we do the instruction that God leads us to do, then we can actually analyze it, explain why we did it, why it happened, because that's what an experience does. Number three, a sharp insight into something. Ooh, everybody knows when they've had that sharp insight where they just know they know they know, right? Carrie, you just know you know you know, and God is speaking to you. That's how you know that you are receiving. How will I know I am receiving? It becomes a sharp insight. It narrows it down, and you know that that's what it is, and you know. A clear and direct perception. I loved it when <coughs> Michaela talked to her mom on the phone, and she said to her mom, she knew that her mom was going to need boots. She knew it. She knew it, right? It was a sharp insight into something before you even got on the phone with your mom, right? It was clear. And then all of a sudden, she didn't have to say anything to her mom. Her mom says what? I need a pair of boots. This is before her conversation with her. The Lord was already speaking something into her, and she knew she had to buy those boots for her mom. But she didn't have to say, hey, mom, God told me to buy your boots. No, she didn't reason. She didn't think about it. She just went on, and then boom, the mom says, I need boots. Witness, go, buy her her boots. You bought her boots, right? Okay, very good. Okay. <laughs> Praise God, right, and she cried. Because that's how the love of God works. If we do everything that this intuition tells us, it's leading us into the love of God for someone else. And in that turn, he blesses us. He always has a blessing for us. All right. So an impression. Number five is an impression. So not only do we have a clear, direct perception, we also have what's called an impression. An impression is an indentation produced by pressure. An impression, an impression, you feel that, right? Okay, that's, that's an impression, identification, <laughs> indentation produced by a pressure, impressed in spirit to do something, a leading in a direction, okay? I'm going to use Michaela again. Michaela is walking in Walmart. She buys all this stuff. Her credit card denied, 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 denied. And it's not because she has bad credit or anything bad. <laughs> Some reason it denied. It denied. Well, something told her not to leave Walmart. So she says, okay. She felt the, what? Didn't you feel an impression? She felt a pressure. She felt something impressed in her spirit. So she decides to go to the ladies' room. She goes to the ladies' room. She comes back out. And somebody took her stuff and paid it all for it. Now, if she wouldn't have been led by her spirit, she would have missed out on her blessing. And the Lord uses little things like this to teach us how to be led. He wants you to do this in little things so then you can do it in the bigger things. So we leave here tonight and start practicing the little things. And, I, you know, I, I fail on the little things sometimes because the Holy Spirit did tell me to quit coffee. 
months I kept drinking coffee because I was like, what's coffee? What's the big deal? Well, no, it was a big deal. There was a reason for that. So I would look at the coffee and I would, I would feel it. I shouldn't drink it, but I kept doing it. Do you know what I mean? So that's how we're, we're all learning, but I love that. It's an impression. You feel it building in you. You feel it building in you. All right. And then it leads you into a direction. All right. This number six is the illumination. The illumination is when the spiritual enlightenment comes on. Light falling on your spirit. Visions. Just like I said when I was teaching up here, Todd walked in. Todd glowed. (laughs) There was this illumination on Todd. It came out of his eyes. It came out of his head. And then all of a sudden, I taught something different. I couldn't teach what I was told to teach because God said, you're going to teach what I'm telling you. Everything I spoke that night wasn't off a piece of paper. It just started downloading and it was for Todd that night. And I couldn't do anything about it, but that was an, that was an illumination. Remember how I tell you I see illuminations? I saw illumination off, off of Sharice yesterday. When she came out, there's illumination off of her. So I knew that I'm being led by what? The Spirit of God with her. So we have to know, that's, we get the, those things happen. You can see the illumination, okay? The illumination can also happen in your Bible. You open it up and a verse just jumps out at you. You see it highlighted. It comes out at you. God speaking to you in that verse. A light falling on your spirit. Visions. Uh, some people experience open visions right when they're doing something. Now, I get more illuminations than open visions. Somebody can be walking up to somebody and they see a vision of that person. And so they know that's the Holy Spirit speaking to them. All right? So, number seven. The last thing. Is this last? Yeah. Number seven is a voice. You do hear voices. You do hear voices. You hear people speaking to you. Everybody in here has chatter in their head right now. I'm hungry. I'm tired. It's 8 o'clock. Do I do this? Hey, we got things speaking to us, right? I want to go to bed. I want to do this. Yeah. A voice is a gentle, and I have, you hear a gentle whisper right in the center, but you feel it here, but you're hearing it in your inner ear. You're not hearing it like you hear a voice, like, Chris, Chris, this is God. You need to study your work. Whatever. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that. It's inner. It's a soft little spirit. Huh? Todd. <laughs> so there is a gentle voice, but then there's also a roaring lion. A roaring lion is when... You know you're supposed to do something, and you're not doing it, and you hear a firm voice. And the only thing I can say, I remember the first time I heard the firm voice is when the Lord was waking me up at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning to start worshiping. And sometimes my flesh didn't want to worship. I would hear, worship me, and it would grow, and it would grow. And I had to get up because you'd feel guilty if you didn't. Do you know what I mean? That's how firm that voice was. Because he was trying to get me up in the third heaven. Because once you enter that third heaven in worship, it takes time. You have to tarry. It takes months. But when you break into it, it's, it's like an escalator. It's easy to get in and out. But you have to break into it. But that voice, that gentle whisper, that roaring line speaks to you at all times. You know, um, we'll be in a meeting sometimes. 
And we always, you know, all our meetings, we, we invite the Lord into it, not in an open prayer because you don't know what the people are. But we'll be sitting there, and sometimes I'll be going towards a presentation, and then Gene will touch my hand. And he'll say, no, don't go there. And then Gene takes over. So I always yield. We yield. There's sometimes I feel the spirit rise to me, and I hear something, and then Gene will let me go. So we try to let all our things be led by the spirit as we're, as we're doing it because we know that's leading us in God's plan. So the voice is very important. Everybody still thinks they're going to hear like this voice. Well, that's something that you grow in. You have to learn to trust how his voice sounds to you because the Lord will use a voice that's familiar to you. Sometimes it'll be, you'll hear your own voice and it's his voice. So he picks something that's comforting to you. Sometimes you know it's the gentle voice because it says something to you, like my beloved. You know, I love you, Lee. You know, he uses your name. So you know a voice is speaking to you. And so how many people have heard the voice speak to them? Have you heard voices? You've heard voices though, right? Have you heard voices, Curly? Yeah. You hear voices here, right? Yeah, but now it's learning which ones are God and which ones are not of the Lord because Satan has a voice too. So when we come in next week, we are going to continue. We're going to talk about the communion function, and we're going to cover the discernment function. I spent a lot of time on the intuition function because we have to start learning that it's real, that it is real, it's real, it's real. <coughs> and God wants to speak to us every day, every decision, every choice. And you know what? We can't reason it. We can't perceive it. We just have to yield to it. And so um, I praise the Lord that we are blessed to have a Holy Spirit. I mean, I thank the Holy Spirit because the only reason we have it is because Jesus was willing to be led by the Father and then to die for us so that when he got resurrected, we all received the Holy Spirit. So in the Old Testament, people didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit came upon those who were chosen by God. But everybody is called. And I love this. I know it took me a long time to understand this. Everybody's called to the body of Christ because everybody has, everybody has that spirit waiting to be ignited. But not everybody's chosen to represent God as a teacher or a, you know what I mean? Some people, we have the gifts of help. We have a lot of other gifts. But as we grow and we hear the voice, like, you're not going to miss your gift. You're not going to miss what you're to do, and you're going to do it rejoicingly. It says rejoice and delight in me. Rejoice in all things. And it does it even when you're thinking you're doing everything wrong because that's what Satan wants you to convince you, that you're doing everything wrong. So praise the Lord. Is there any questions? Was that good? Okay. So we're going to continue with the rest of this next Wednesday. And so I would like to invite everybody. Saturday, we have a prophet coming. And it's, it's Butch Ginn, and um, Weta, if you are available, for some people, he's coming two hours earlier to talk to us, if you want to come to that from 4 to 6.30, but if you can't, that's okay, but yeah, he is coming here, and he's going to teach, so if you're seeking an answer, a prophetic answer to something, Gene's already tested him, we've already He's already come to the, the main core, and he was right on about everything he said. I mean, he really, he either edified, he um, warned you, gave you the warning about something, gave you a confirmation. He was really good, and he's going to be here Saturday night. So I really want, if you can come, 
a prophetic word from a prophetic office helps to turn you in the right what? Direction. When your spirit isn't matured, but you have a matured prophet, that person's supposed to help you get to where you're going. So you have to know that a prophetic voice that Gene already is in agreement with, that voice is just going to bring you into an understanding of something you're entering into. I really did. I love the ones that I heard because they really were about getting you. I loved it. Chris's had urgency on his. It had urgency, but you already knew that, didn't you? Your spirit already knows it. It confirms it. And it was awesome. Todd was confirmed that he is the prophet of this ministry. It was beautiful. We did. You would love the tape. I just was crying, you know, because I, I kind of thought that he was the prophet. But it, but reasoning would say, Todd's 23. Todd's young. How could he be Gene's prophet? No, he's Gene's prophet. You know, Michaela's a prophet. She's been called to the prophetic office. So it's awesome that as you start identifying with these things and start growing in them, you can't miss God then. It's supposed to make you excited about what you're to do for God. So praise God. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you with our whole, <coughs> excuse me, our whole heart, our whole body, our whole soul. Lord, we yield to you. Father, I ask, you know, in the name of Jesus, that everybody here seeks the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit in the small things, not just the large things, and to teach us how to be led and how to be instructed from your heart. Because we thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit was given to us by you for you. And in that leading, we will receive all the beautiful abundance that you have called us all and each to be in the body of Christ. So, Lord, we thank you for everybody in this room. I thank the Lord for this ministry. I thank the Lord for your son, Jesus Christ, because without him, we would have no example to follow. So, Lord, we are blessed and we recognize that you want us to be your favored children of God, favored children of God. So, Lord, we thank you with all our heart. Amen.